Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shop all things Jerry Johnson at therealcherry.com. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Well, Baxter Blue Glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter out 90% of the highest energy of blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. This past year, we've all been glued to our devices way more than ever. I know that I wake up and then get on my phone just to go to my laptop, just to get back on my phone. Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Well, Baxter Blue is a force for good. They provide a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This eyewear is built for the digital age, and Baxter Blue has given our listeners 10% off of their next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kid classes. Just click the link in our show's bio for the exclusive discount. This is a sign that you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know that you'll love Baxter's. And we know that you'll feel the difference. Welcome to Cherry's World. The only podcast coming through your beat stereo is Cherry's World, so let's go around like a merry-go. Plug your phone in, make sure it got a full battery. Download it Wednesday, listen to it Saturday. She cover all topics, whatever you after. She got ball players, authors, doctors, actors, rappers, singers, entrepreneurs, divas, leaders, androids or Apple, turn up your speakers. Trying to shoot my shot like the vaccine, whether it's Cherry or Maxine, whether the podcast or acting, she that queen. PYT, you know what that mean. Saw you on TV and touch the screen, touch on you. I plead Lucy has got a crush on you. It'll mean the world to get a blush from you. Teaspoon of me, leave you sleep like Robert Tussin. Hey, Cherry's World Podcast. Today we have a very important show for you something that is really close to my heart. We're going to talk about human trafficking and I want to give you a couple little statistics, okay? So 42% of all human trafficking suspects suspects are African American, while 52% of all juvenile prostitutes who are arrested are African American. 40% of all victims of human trafficking are African Americans. And there is this um, stereotype out there, but what we don't realize is that it's African-Americans or black people who are trafficking black people. It's white people who are trafficking white people. So when we go into talking about things like organ harvesting and human trafficking, it's not who we call the oppressor who is our enemy. It's our own people. And we're going to talk about that today. We have a man in the house. His name is Mr. C.J. Walker. And unfortunately, his daughter was a victim of human trafficking. So without further ado, let's pray for his family. And let's hear it straight from the dad. This is Cherry's World. Hi, this is my book. Cucumbers are delicious. My mom tried to hide me from the public, but it didn't last. I have big dreams, you know. Make sure that you can find 
Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. Shop all things Cherry Johnson at therealcherry.com. CJ, thank you so much for being here. I know that this is not an easy conversation to have. It definitely wouldn't be easy for me. Can you walk us through um, just the journey of your daughter? Well, my daughter was 13 and she was living with me for quite some time, almost, almost three years living with me. She was out of control, uh, tried everything, therapy, love, discipline, just everything. And it just didn't turn out the way that it needed to. So I ran out of resources because her mother would not give me custody. So I took her where the resources were, her mother. Her mother decides not to answer the door and she ends up in the custody of CPS. There, From there, she ends up in a group home. From the group home, she begins to start running away. And that's where she ended up getting into the hands of sex traffickers. Okay, can I stop you really quickly? Yes. You said that she lived with you and she was out of control. So what that tells me is there's some underlying root issues. Children don't just become out of control. And I'm sorry if I'm gonna get a little personal, but I feel like parents need it to be personal because they need yeah. to be able to look at the reflection of their own children and redirect the directions that their babies are in. So had your daughter been through any kind of sexual abuse before? Yes, she actually was. Um, that hurt me a lot too. Uh, first, I, How old was she? Two years old. Mm-hmm. And two it, years old. Mm-hmm. So her sexual abuse started at two years old. Was it a hand of a family member? You can say that um, for now, because there was no evidence, I will say alleged, uh, there was no full evidence, but it was her mother's uh, boyfriend at the time. Okay. I'm asking, because I'm not trying to place the blame, but I work with a lot of, people trying to rehabilitate them after they've been through trafficking incidents. And what a lot of people don't realize is kids are not just bad. Kids are not just mean. Kids are not just out of control. There is an underlying root issue that usually is not tackled. And from that underlying root issue, it spirals. I'm sorry, please continue about um, your daughter ended up in a group home. Yes. So she ended up in a group home and she started running away. She befriended some young girls there. And from what I've heard from the reports is that our daughter was kind of reared out of there, guided out of there 
by people that worked at one of the group homes. Mm-hmm. They came across, one of the girls knew a guy and they kind of made it out as if it was platonic, you know, just natural. And he knew some other the people, other girls that were in the group home and they had a party. This party ended up being something for sex trafficking. He sold them. He sold them. Again, not an uncommon story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not uncommon at all. No. Men working in group homes really need to be vetted way harder than they are. They really do. Mm-hmm. They really do. Uh, people don't realize that it's not only the group homes, you know, even it goes as far up as uh, polit- politicians and just anywhere, any place that you can think of. They even go into these schools, churches, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So let's stay on your daughter's journey. So she started doing parties. That's how her. Yeah. So she went to these, these parties and ultimately the guy that was hosting these parties and taking them out to eat and everything like that, kind of grooming them, getting them comfortable and ended up beating our daughter and raping her and telling her that if she doesn't make certain amount of money from selling her body or drugs, her and another girl actually, that they would repeat the process over and over again. She eventually escaped. Once she escaped, she became in the hands of police custody. And once she ended up in custody, that's when the full story started breaking down and I got a phone call. She was all over the Arizona news and they actually caught those guys. How did they put her on the news as a minor? They didn't put her on the, her face on the news nor her name. They put okay. her age and the breakdown of what it was. And was I was informed by the law enforcement that that story was her and some other girl. She ended up back in the group home after that in the same group home no a different one so they transferred her out okay transferred her out into another group home that was supposed to be uh tougher uh more security things like that Mm -hmm. i know this story well and that that just wasn't enough she was running away from there there weren't too much of anything going on as far as sex trafficking goes there the guys you know they were locked up but the third time she ran away she chose that life what people don't realize when these girls these boys are forced into that lifestyle they end up going back to it because it's all they know they need money and they need a place to she's she's a minor where is she gonna go absolutely she knows that there's rules at home. She doesn't want to necessarily go home, but she loves her parents, but she doesn't want to follow the rules. So she wants her freedom. She wants to get that fast money. It's what she knows, like you said. Mm-hmm. And once they've got their claws in her, that's when she became missing. The group, that last group home she was in, she 
she wasn't found. They were scarring to find out where she was. Missing posters came out, the national uh, missing children's. It was, her face was plastered everywhere. We were searching high and low. Excuse me. Take your time, take your time. I'm sorry, I have to ask these tough questions, but I think it's really important. It is, it is. And the help is, or the education of this is necessary. So what ended up happening, going fast forward, we're searching for her, nothing. I get a phone call from my daughter's mother. She's hysterical. What's going on? What's going on? She said, they found our daughter. I'm like, where? They said, she's dead. Our baby's dead. She put the detectives on the phone. They gave me details. And it, it's imperative I share this so that people know how ruthless these people are. My daughter was now, now 16, so from age 13 to 16, just a matter of three years. She, the detective said that she was in various stages of decomposition, various stages, almost unrecognizable. They found her May 22nd. We found out June 2nd. She was already in the system. So what they did was they cut off her hand. The uh, coroner's office cut off her hand, rehydrated her hand to get her thumbprint. To figure out who she was. To figure out who she was. And that's how we found out they left our child in the ditch, just laying there. And I had to, although she was identified, funeral home needed someone to see her status to determine how she was gonna be cared for. Her mother was still hysterical. I'm out, out my mind and I told her, you know what? I'll take on that pain and I'll see it. No one was with me, I was alone. I had to see my, my daughter in that state. I did something to my mentor. Of course. And to find out that she was also pregnant. She was pregnant. I didn't know that, I'm so sorry. Had I properly educated myself, who knows what the outcome would have been. It may have been a greater outcome, but right now she's gone and detectives are actively trying to find out who these murderers are. It is ruled as a homicide. Double homicide. 
because she was pregnant. They're having trouble proving that uh, pregnancy because just imagine Arizona desert, most of your lower, lower extremities gone, coyotes, the elements, whatever was in there is now gone. Coroner said they believe she was. It was confirmed by people that knew our daughter that she was in fact pregnant. Everything lined up. Multiple people that didn't know each other confirmed her pregnancy. Were there when she tested everything. I was going to be a grandfather. Had no idea. Mr. Walker, I'm so sorry. I know. I know this is as a parent biggest nightmare is to have to bury your child you're yeah. supposed to go before your babies um Absolutely. Courtney's a father so I know this is something that Courtney and I have talked about before briefly yeah to dads out there how important is it do you think for them just to stay close to their children? Oh, like, can you, can you just like, please tell these fathers out there how you maybe if you knew now, if you knew then what you know now, what could you have done? Not that you could have saved her, but what could you have done differently? Parenting doesn't come with an instruction manual. I want to first say that. Yeah, absolutely. And we do our best that we can with the knowledge that we have and our upbringing, so on and so forth. But one thing that stands true across the line is to be present. You have to be present, be in your child's life, be active as much as you can, even if they feel like it's a little bit, you know, much. You know, be involved with everything that they do, their dreams, their hopes, everything, their social media, you know. Sometimes you may come off as that helicopter parent, but, you know, you have to draw that line between friendship and parenthood. So that's, it's very important. It's imperative. I'm a, I'm a proud helicopter parent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Looking back yeah. now, um, a lot of people don't know the signs to look for. Mm -hmm. What are some of the signs that you missed because you didn't know them? I would say things like, obviously change behavior that, you know, accelerates past what you can even imagine. You know, you, you know your child, like this isn't my child, you know. Uh, especially bad behavior, wanting to uh, go out more than what they would usually want to go out, starting to wear makeup, and they don't usually wear makeup. Uh, for some some cases, a lot of cases, uh, the change of wardrobe, and even as much as far as colors, you know, uh, there's gang affiliations with these colors, and people don't people don't realize that even with that, like your whole wardrobe changing to one color, you know, things like that. Those are things to look out for. Uh, there's a whole lot, a whole list of things. Uh, when paying attention to your child, 
you know, these traffickers, they definitely prey on the weak and paying attention to how your child's feeling, you're leaving that open line of communication so that they feel comfortable with talking to you, you know, so that you can help build them up, build up their confidence, whatever it is, uh, bullying, you know, paying attention to that, uh, just looking around for uh, people lurking, you know, around people that you know don't belong around there, you know, and people have that whole thing of, oh, it's not my business. No, it is your business. Mm -hmm. And that mindset kind of puts people in a place of things like this happening. There was a woman that saw my daughter and did nothing because her mind said, it's none of my business. She saw her when? When she was alive or? When she was alive, uh, just a few months before they projected when she had been murdered. And she was she was on the corner and disappeared. Saw the missing posters and everything. And knew it was her. Knew it was her. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Um, man, this is this is real hard. This is probably one of the toughest interviews I've ever done. But um, uh, how old was you when you became a father? Twenty one. 21. So what was you like really in? I remember myself at 21 when I didn't have no <laughs> kids, but like, what were you doing? I was just figuring out. I just beat my last bout of cancer. Oh. Uh, with all the surgeries, I was living at home with my parents until I was able to physically walk. And, you know, I moved out, met her mother. And, you know, we, we had our daughter in 2004. Wow, 2004 to 2020, right? Correct. She just made her uh, 16th birthday a month prior to when they found her. Mm. I'm so sorry. I remember the day that I saw your post. Um, a lot of people don't understand how often trafficking happens, how often organ harvesting happens or how it happens. They don't understand that right now, somewhere in this world, children are on an auction block. Yes. And they're being auctioned off. And sometimes the only way to save those children is to raise money and buy yes. them back. When it comes to, I say the enemy, you know, Black people always think that the enemy to traffic or to do anything against us is our oppressor, supposedly Caucasian people. Unfortunately, that's a stereotype. Absolutely. For your daughter, I don't know, of course, you don't know exactly who the people were, but the people who were throwing these parties or the group homes that she was in, were these people Black or were these people Caucasian? They were Black. They were black. They want to be recognized as someone familiar, comfortable. Just imagine a black girl possibly like seeing a Caucasian male, stranger danger, probably. Yeah. And that's what they do. They come in, 
they want to earn your trust and they take a liking to your kid. Yes. Watch everybody. I put that out there because a lot of people think, oh, these kids are being snatched or these kids are being trafficked. It's got to be by the other ethnicity. That's not how it happens. And a lot of the time, it's somebody that's closer to them than they should be. This is Cherry's World. Head over to Grits Tees. That's G-R-I-T-T-E-Z.com. They've got something for everybody. Athletics, humor, spiritual, and the woke communities. Come express yourself through apparel that communicates passion and perseverance. Use the checkout code CHERRY and you'll get 10% off of everything right now. The NBA is back. We have NBA playoff tickets. Don't even worry about the fees and the taxes because our partners, Lime Events, Less Is More, is taking care of all of that. Contact Less Is More at sales at getlimetickets.com or call 202-930-3533 and use the promo code CHERRY to see your favorite NBA team in the playoffs. The playoffs is back. Cherry's World Podcast is back partnering with Less Is More Events. Get Lime. Go ahead, Court. I'm sorry. Oh, no, well, uh, brother, how, how, how have you been doing and what have you been doing uh, recently to get try to get past this and move forward? Main thing I've been doing is, you know, you got to take these things in moments and not day by day. I'm, I'm seeking the moment because there's moments where I'm all over the place, moments where I'm happy and laughing. I do have a therapist and a psychiatrist. Mental health is important. I knew after seeing my daughter immediately, I was gonna need help. Mm-hmm. So I, I see them frequently. Uh, also, I'm doing things to stay distracted. Uh, I'm building up uh, my daughter's uh, foundation in my daughter's name, sending infant stages, the Anaya Walker Foundation, that's keeping me distracted and uh, a lot of other things. So writing, you know. How about uh, the mother, the mother, how is she doing and what is she trying to do to move forward in life? Uh, to be to be honest, I've I've had to unfortunately cut up off communication with her mother. I'm hoping she's coping well with this. I've actually considered reaching back out to her because her birth our daughter's birthday is coming up this April. So we'll see how that goes, but hopefully, hopefully she's coping. Why did y'all stop communicating? We've had, there was bad, bad blood. Um, you know what our community calls baby mama drama, you know, for quite some time. And the last straw for me was when we were at the funeral and I was blamed for, blamed for our daughter's death. Uh, that was the last straw for me. There was a lot of other drama behind that, but um, I just couldn't. I have to take care of my mental health, so I cut off all communication. Wow. That's, yeah. Can you hear my kid in the back? No, and I apologize for any background. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because I hear mine screaming. So I didn't. <laughs> 
I'm so sorry, but it's smart. I'm proud of you for even mentioning your mental health and the fact that you are seeking help. Yes, it's very um, important. It's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for other parents out there who are grieving the loss of their children, what advice could you give them? Stay as strong as you can. Surround yourself with people that have your best interests. Not everybody's going to understand your pain and grief, but continue to move forward. Eventually, even though I'm not feeling this right now, day by day, you know, the pain lessens, but it'll never fully go away. Mm. Seek help, professional help find groups that have similar things that have happened. There are support groups out there, even on Facebook, that have people that have went through and it's helpful to talk it out with people. I found that help and help has helped me a whole lot through this and why I'm still before you today. Wow, you, you're also an author. Yes. Is writing your therapy? Absolutely. It definitely is. <laughs> Actually working on my third book right now. And uh, some of this content will be in there about the trafficking, what led up to it, and the intricate details that happened along the way. May I ask what the name of the book is going to be? Yes, it is From the Grave to the Ladder Ring. Say it one more time. From the grave to the ladder rain. To the ladder rain. Go ahead, Corey. Well, uh, I, I want to ask you about something you said um, about watching what they wear. And that's, yeah. and that's always like a touchy um, <laughs> conversation to have, like, you know, because they say, well, you know, don't talk about what she's wearing because it's their job to be the gentleman. It doesn't matter what she wears and everything. But at the same time, you're a father. And it's not right. just with your daughter, but it's with the boys too. Um, I just like you to expand on that because I know a lot of a lot of men, a lot of fathers, you know, uh go through that, you know, what saying what she shouldn't wear, what he shouldn't wear. And, you know, like you say, you don't want to overparent, but at the same time, like if they didn't need parents, they wouldn't have. They, they would have came here by, by the, you know, without, without, with, with the instructions, you know what I mean? So. Right. So my take on that uh, is pretty much parents, well, fathers, we'll just say fathers. Like I had said before, you have to draw that line between friendship and parent yeah. and using the better judgment. Like you're not going to allow your, your child, uh, let's say daughter, go out in some short, skirt way up to god knows where with uh you know cleavage showing and all that you know like 13 14 year old years old and yes women should not be uh, treated in such a way yes men should be gentlemen but not everybody is a gentleman and these traffickers they look for that too and like oh she's probably fast she's probably easy to get to or talk to or i can see the potential and her, you know, and they don't necessarily have to be, you know, wearing something short or anything like that for them to do that. 
but the, these are things that don't help at all. So I, I uh, uh, my daughter, I was, when I was, when she was with me, she was trying to wear the short shorts and, you know, all that. I wasn't going, period. I want to elaborate when you talk about what your kids are wearing. It's not even just trying to look provocative, but also right. if your kids start coming home with new clothes that you yes. know that you didn't purchase or expensive clothes or clothes that you know that are beyond your child's character of what it just was a couple months ago. Because yes. sometimes these people who are grooming these kids, as part of it, let me give you these expensive gifts. Let me take you shopping. Let me buy you that half shirt that you want, but your parents won't let you have. So if you start seeing that your child is accumulating clothes that you did not pay for, that's a strong inkling that it's coming from somewhere. Right. Whether they purchased it themselves, they got money from somewhere you don't know. Yeah, my daughter had that uh, issue. Either she was stealing it or getting it from somebody. She mm -hmm. even went as far as to get these uh, press-on nails. I don't allow that. And she was uh, wearing gold and jewelry and everything, stuff I had not purchased. Mm -hmm. Cell phones, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> that goes along with why I was asking him could he say and I wasn't trying to put pressure on dads or anything but pay attention to right. your kids because if you, yeah if you pay attention to your kids you'll notice things like cell phones and why you need a cell phone if I buy it for you uh, it's okay to go through your kids backpacks yeah. yes you know, a lot of people try to give their kids their room and their privacy. My daughter is only six. We had a conversation the other night and I told her, one day you're going to be a teenager. Mom's going to be all up in your room. Don't try to hide nothing because I'm going to find it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm telling her now so that it stays in her mind. So by the time she's a teenager, she already know oh, my mom ain't playing that. No, and just so you know, um, Courtney, I reached out to him last year. I was not trying to be insensitive, mm -hmm. but because human trafficking does touch my heart, I I reached out to him and he he, he very sweetly said, I, I'm not ready. I can't. Yeah. And I said, when you are ready, please come to Cherry's World Podcast. Please share your story. It's not because I want to hurt him or, but I want to help. I want to, I want somebody to be able to look in his face and see themselves and see the story of their children and not just think that their kids are bad or troubled, know that there's an underlying issue and you got to get to that root because the root of that issue will not just help your child heal, but help a whole family heal. Mm. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think there's anything that looking back that you could have done different? I feel that I could have tried harder, you know, in this situation, you, you go through those shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. But I've come to grips, especially through therapy, that even in her passing, I put her priority first before my own, even before she was born, I had put her first. And I try not to dwell on, you know, what, what could have, what I could have done, but you cannot, 
like like Cherry said, you know, she's a proud helicopter parent. You know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Do you have other children? I do. I have two. <laughs> did they did they know did they know her? They did, but not too much. You know, uh, they have different mothers. So my second oldest daughter, she's had some conversations with her. And my son, he met her when he was, you know, real little and didn't know too much of her. So, you know, there's just some pictures of them together and stuff like that. He wasn't old enough to remember. How are they coping? The middle one, she was there when it when it happened, when I found out. Hmm. So at first, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, love. It's painful and she, she pulled it together pretty well in the end. We talk on a regular now. She went back to Minnesota with her mother, which I'll be joining her. I'll be joining her soon. And uh, we talk more frequently. So she she's coping well. And like I said, my son, he wasn't old enough to remember her. He knows that she's gone, but uh, he, he's fine. How will those conversations happen with your with your son and your daughter? Because I, I don't want people just to think that this is a problem that happens with women. Little right. boys are trafficked too. Absolutely. My conversations are going to be just like it is with my daughter, you know, and the whole helicoptering thing and everything. It's going to be the same because, like you said, these boys are trafficked as well. Mm-hmm. You know, look out for this, look out for that, you know, don't talk to strangers, you know, the stuff that we're taught and then some, you know, don't, don't go with somebody that you don't know. If I'm not telling you, you can go with them. Don't even go. Another thing I want to point out, these schools fill out parents, fill out every piece of information that's given to you, even to the nickname. Because let's say your child comes up missing or not even that, let's say someone that isn't you comes to pick up your child. Legally, they can't release your child if that nickname is on there and they don't know that nickname. Fill out that nickname, just fill out the form completely when enrolling your child in the school. Some good advice right there. Now that's some good advice. Thank you for everybody. Thank you. That's some good no advice. No problem. That's some good advice. Like Courtney going back there thinking, did he miss any lines? <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Because like 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 for me, and I know this might be like totally off subject, but when I asked you, like, is there anything you thought you could do different? For me personally, as a dad, um, my daughter is about to be, well, you know, she's getting up in age. Um, but like for me, I want to be the one to teach at least my sons um, about sex, which is something okay. I didn't get um, as a as a kid. Because 
my dad died and my mom, you know, nobody wants to talk about that with their mom. And I learned it from the homies you know, and the music right. and TV and videos. And I think that a lot of, you know, boys, teenagers my age, we get, we learn about sex the, the, the total wrong way. And, right. uh, and I think, I mean, of course it was the 90s, so things was different, but at the same time, it's just inappropriate behavior. And I yeah. think that if us men, that's why I asked you, is there anything you could do different? I know that's what I'm gonna do you different. Need, as you need far to as talk to your daughter about sex too, Courtney. Yeah. It's not just for the boys, it's not just left up to mom. Let me tell you, my mom had conversations with me about sex. I learned more from the boys that were around me as far as like my brothers, my dad never really talked about sex, but my brothers went in hard and they had real conversations with me and I needed them. So don't shy away from talking to your girl. But And I will, but I just want these boys to understand like, you know, just, just, just proper treatment of, of ladies. We gotta, I, we gotta instill that in them because these, these boys don't know. That's beautiful. And that goes back to being present with your children, being present. Once you're present, you can teach them the proper way to be a gentleman. You know, no means no. You know, don't treat a woman as an object, you know, just because she's wearing this, you know, we could go down the whole list. You know, being present is imperative. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What, What else do you want parents to know? Educate yourselves. Education is key with this. The internet has a world of information about this. I'll tell you what, when the news first aired the story about my daughter and I was on there and I came down, back down there to bury our daughter, I went into Macy's, you know, I forgot what I was looking for, but a woman came up to me, oh my gosh, you're, you know, the guy that was on there whose daughter was just killed, who they found down the road. And she said, I had no idea that sex trafficking existed. Hmm. And she's caring for her 16-year-old niece, uh, kind of a, a little bit older woman. And she said, thank you for even speaking on that because had that not happened, I would not have known that it was a problem. And it's not just America, it's all over the world that it's happening. But education is key with this. Educate yourselves. I can't stress that enough. I remember remember when I was, um, my daughter was four. We was in Vegas and it was for Halloween. And I let the kids just dress up, you know, in costumes and stuff. And we was walking through the casino and I, you know, I'm one of those dads. I let my wife and the kids walk in front just so I can watch and everything. And then just so happened that my daughter had just, she was four, had just went around like the corner and I was looking, she was like out of my eyesight for like 15 seconds, scariest 15 seconds of my life. And then I saw her taking some candy from an old man who, an old, it was an old couple they were t- complimenting her uniform and she, and she came back. And I was like, yo, don't ever. That's like one of a few times I had to discipline her. Like, don't you ever do that. 
ever because I'm thinking like this is Vegas. They might kidnap kids and put them in the, you know, one of oh, yeah. these ranches and all that kind of stuff. That's all I'm thinking about. That 15, that full 15 seconds, she was out of my eyesight. It still scared me. And you know what's crazy? My daughter don't remember a lot of stuff from three and four. She remembers that. She remembers that because I got on hey. her. Yeah. She remembers. Every kid and every parent loses their kid at least once. Don't feel bad. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> 15 <laughs> seconds, man. I swear the scariest 15 seconds of my not, not that I've ever lost mine, but <laughs> uh, something that happens with your friends. Like I did, I we lost my godson, and he's my son. We lost him for like two minutes in a skating rink and it was horrible. Yeah. His mom thought he was with me and I thought he was with her. I ran out to get his coat, came back and she was like, he's not with you. I was like, what? And he was like in the store looking at Mickey Mouse or something, but. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir, for your time. I know this was hard for you and I'm so I sorry to bring it. up those, those moments, but I just really feel like you're gonna save somebody's baby. Yeah. Yes, that's the whole point. I would hate for somebody to go through this. Anyone else? I would hate it. For real. Education is key. It Thank is you for key. that advice. That good advice you um said too. Thank you for that. All right. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate you. Cause I don't know if I could have been able to do this today. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, no, well, uh, you know what? One more question. One more last question. How much anger? Okay. Do you, how much anger do you have? Because that's listening to you talk. It makes me angry. Do you have anger, or are you are you, you kind of at peace? I'm definitely angry. Okay. I'm so angry, yeah, but I've had to learn to contain it, yeah. and therapy is helping. Like I said, I look for the moments. Yeah. I look for the moments. I can't even look for the whole day. I'm looking for the moments. And sometimes anger does come out and I have to take a breather, walk away so it doesn't project on anyone around me because I care about people. Impact. Emotionally intelligence. <laughs> Man. It's hard. Yeah. Is that it or yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank you. Okay, let this man go. Because if this man cry one more time, I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm going to be mad with you. <laughs> one more thing. Did you want to at all at any point want to dis discuss a little bit, although it's off topic of what we were talking about, what you had mentioned on your uh, Instagram about uh, uh, Louis Vuitton and all that? Yeah, are you open? I'm open to it. Well, we got you, bro. What you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, with your posts uh, about Louis Vuitton, a lot of people don't realize how Louis Vuitton was literally built on the backs of slaves. You know, like you posted about the zoos and all that stuff. And even now, people are flocking to purchase these. Our people flocking to purchase, giving them the money back that money that mm. we built off of something crazy that they did and that's why i wear my own clothing that i design 
because I refuse to partake in anything where our ancestors were abused, were raped, were beaten, and built up their financial empire based upon that. Being in bondage and slavery is ludicrous to me. Absolutely. So, so many people have been asking me from that post, could I post and let them know of the high-end Black designers? <laughs> what you got for us, bro, and where can they find it? Well, you can find it at uh, Judah, uh, official Judah Clothing, Judah Clothing Official. Um, I have everything on my AC Walker, the author page as well. Uh, actually, this is uh, something I have here with uh, Judah Clothing. And oh, no, that's I make, a Puma. That says Judah. Yep, it's Judah. It says Judah. I looked into everything. This is all good. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's Judah clothing. Uh, it has a whole deep meaning behind it and everything. And I'm all about positivity, but I make all kinds of different stuff. And I'm getting into stuff like these suit jackets and everything. And if you take a look at my my uh, social media, you'll see kind of the different things that I, I do. But I'm into fashion for sure. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. For sure. I appreciate you all. For sure. Absolutely. You too. What up, Cherry? Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Heard across the world. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Welcome to Cherry's world. Representing for every girl. Hey, if you're listening to Cherry's World Podcast on Apple Podcast and iTunes, please give us a five star. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Head over to Grits Tees. That's G-R-I-T-T-E-Z.com. They've got something for everybody. Athletics, humor, spiritual, and the woke communities. Come express yourself through apparel that communicates passion and perseverance. Use the checkout code CHERRY and you'll get 10% off of everything right now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.